You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scoble with me as always. And as the, the month is coming to a close, that also means the decade is coming to a close. And so throughout the month, Eric and I have been talking a lot about, you know, all decade blank, uh, all decade offense, all decade defense. Today, we're going to look at the all decade, uh, top five wins games of the, of the decade for Oregon football, uh, from 2010 to 2019. Um, lots to, lots to discuss. We each have our own five. We have not compared our, our lists at all. Uh, so it's going to be curious to go, and see where we're at in terms of the best games in program history over the last 10 years. Uh, there's certainly, Eric, been a ton of games that we could easily choose from. Oh, 100%. And uh, I'm I'm a little bit anxious that I'm going to have missed one of like the premier games here uh, on my list. I, I, I like the five I picked, but there are so many to pick from, and I'm, I'm probably going to be kicking myself because you're going to say a game, and I'm going to go, I knew I missed one. Um <laughs> But I, I, you know, I think there are a couple here that are pretty easy in terms of, and we'll get to yeah. those in a moment here. But I think it's going to be the first couple here in terms of uh, maybe some interesting choices from the two of us. Uh, All right, let's, just, who, let's who start, start at number here? five. All right. Should go I ahead. go first? All right, yeah, this you is, can go ahead. This I this give was, you the floor. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thanks, Matt. Uh, <laughs> this this was one where this is maybe just one that I thought was a really fun game, but. Uh, Oregon beat Arizona State in 2015 in triple overtime in a game where they needed a touchdown pass from Vernon Adams to Dwayne Stanford in the back of the end zone with 10 seconds remaining. Uh, it was an unbelievable catch. Uh, it was a ball that was basically just uh, – the play was one of my favorites of the decade, too. Of Adams is basically running left and right for a while and just kind of throws it up in the back of the end zone. And Stanford and I think it was Johnny Munt collide going for the ball. Stanford catches it. Oregon ends up winning – in triple overtime in a game that they were really not very competitive for, for a lot of it. They were down, I think, 31 to 20 late third quarter. Um, this was a very fun game and Oregon ends up winning and clinching it on an Arian Springs interception in the end zone. I think that was one of the better, just it, it's from a significance perspective. It doesn't make it, it's not quite as great as some of the other ones on this list because both teams were about 500 at the time. Um, but this was one of my just favorite moments, kind of my favorite games, maybe kind of an out there pick, but, uh, that one stands out for me. That's, see, this is, we're different. And this is, I think, where we're gonna go. We didn't really set any parameters for the no. rules of the, of just, of creating your top five. You picked entertainment for your fifth. I'm picking significance, uh, for, for my fifth. I go to 2011, number six, Oregon at number three, Stanford. Ducks won that one 53 to 30. Uh, this is a game that carried so much weight for the conference, uh, and also each team's national title hopes. Uh, Stanford was undefeated going into that one. They had won nine straight. Oregon had lost, uh, at the beginning of the year to LSU and then had ripped off seven straight wins going in, or eight straight wins, excuse me, going into that game. Uh, the Ducks had already lost, like I mentioned. They couldn't afford another loss if they wanted to stay in the hunt for the playoff. Stanford was uh, you know, a favorite to get into the playoff. Oregon dominated Stanford in a top six showdown. Cardinal turned the ball over five times in the game. Uh, Andrew Luck throwing three interceptions. Darren Thomas just threw for 155 yards, but he did toss 
touchdown passes to D'Anthony Thomas, Josh Huff, and Lavis A, two and A, and then LMJ, the Michael James, uh, he ran for 146 yards and three touchdowns. And again, quite honestly, I don't think anyone was expecting to be a blowout considering the magnitude of both those teams. That's another really good one. Um, I wish I would have had that one on my list, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't even think of yours. I mean, I just didn't, even, you know, like, and I, I wish I had, that would have made my list that, you know, had, had I went for, added entertainment value into it because the ASU win down there in 2015 might be just the most crazy game we've seen in the last six, seven, eight years. It's, uh, it's up there. Uh, and you know, especially in ones that Oregon that has obviously uh, won. I mean, I think in terms of the crazier one that, that Stanford lost last year, not to bring up, it's the best wins of the decade podcast. And here I am bringing up probably the most devastating loss of the decade, but <laughs> that game was also crazy. Uh, my fourth pick, um, Oregon went to Tennessee in 2010, uh, and this was Oregon was coming off a Rose Bowl win. I think there was kind of some uncertainty about what the tra- projection of or the trajectory of the program was going forward. They go and they play a Tennessee team who I don't think anybody expected would be a dominant force. Oregon was ranked seventh at the time. Tennessee was unranked, but Oregon goes in there. There is a long weather delay, but they they rally and actually after they because they, they trail six zero early. They rally after the delay and they win 48 to 13. They score the final, uh, 42 points of the game. Uh, the most memorable play being that long Michael, Michael James, James rush. Yeah. That touchdown down the sideline where he, you know, breaks a tackle at the line of scrimmage and then just rolls through guys all the way down the sideline for 72 yards. Um, that was a statement game for this program. Uh, to go out to beat an SEC opponent on the road by five scores to, like I said, to score 40-something points uh, in a row to conclude it. Well, Michael James was another one of his kind of coming-out party moments. He'd had, obviously, a great redshirt freshman season, but he had 134 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Darren Thomas had a couple of scores uh, in the game as well, one to Paulson and one to Tuane. Uh, it was just a big, big victory, I think, in terms of kind of solidifying that the program was there to stay, and obviously that's a season where – uh, you know, Oregon won an awful lot of football games that felt important to include one game from that season for me. Yeah, that, that definitely was a year, uh, going in where it was like, yeah, they're Pac-12 champs, but are they national championship caliber? Are, are they just conference championship caliber? And I think that was a point in time where it was like, whoa, this Oregon team's actually really good. Like, Darren Thomas is gone, or Jeremiah Mazzoli is gone, but this Darren Thomas quarterback is pretty darn good himself. And they've got all the stables uh, ready to go for a, a championship run. And uh, you're, you're right that that's that was a really good game, a really significant game for a lot of reasons. Um, my number four is the most recent football game that Oregon's played in, the 2019 Pac-12 championship game, in which Oregon beat number five Utah, 37 to 15. Maybe I'm caught in the moment a little bit. Um, I think this is the biggest win of the decade that doesn't either put Oregon in the national championship game or winning the Rose Bowl. That kind of gives away uh, some of my my picks. But I think Oregon, by beating Utah and claiming Oregon's fourth Pac-10 or Pac-12 championship of the decade, uh, in of itself is a really big deal. But this is also a sign, I think, more – I'm looking at this game more as a, a symbol at, than the actual game itself because when when – Oregon went away from Taggart, or went away from Helfrich, and they hired Willie Taggart. And then when Taggart left and they hired Mario Cristobal, 
everything has always been compared to can you get to Oregon back to what Mark Helfrich did and getting Oregon to a national championship game? Can you get Oregon back to what Chip Kelly built by building a program that went to four straight BCS games, played in the national championship game, and won three straight Pac-12, Pac-10 championships? Can you do that? Can you get a program back to that level? And everything is always – and up until this year or that that, that the, the champion, Pac-12 championship game – Compared to what other teams in Oregon history have done, can you, can you replicate this? Can you do this? And so I think Cristobal winning a conference championship and with a program that's vastly operated differently than, than how Chip Kelly ran it and how Mark Helfrich ran it, how both guys built each of those programs, um, I think is a huge deal because I, I think this is a sign of, Hey, Oregon can win. The conference and can be one of the best teams in the country by the razzle dazzle, the flash, the speed, the finesse. Um, and Oregon can also be one of the best teams in the country by relying on its defense, not having to score 45 points a game to have a chance to win against the elite teams. And instead they can dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football and, and win a, a, a game against a top 10 opponent with the score being 28 to 21 or something of that nature. Um, you know, I, I think this was a huge win for the program because now it's, you know, what, what are you going to negative recruit Oregon for? Uh, you can't because Cristobal, which has always been labeled by other schools in the conference as just a good recruiter, a guy that's going to, when it's an X and O situation, they're not going to out, you know, outduel their coaching that, the, that they're facing against. And, you know, I, I think he's 2 and 0 against Chris Peterson. Uh, he's gotten the, a conference championship win against Kyle Whittingham. There isn't anything out there now for an opponent to, to negative recruit Oregon, and that comes because of that Pac-12 championship game. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Your number four is my number three. Uh, Oregon winning the, winning the Pac-12 championship. And again, I was thinking I was having some recency bias as well. But, I, you know, I think you make a lot of compelling points there in terms of the significance of this game going forward. Um, similar to that Oregon-Tennessee game that I just talked about where that was sort of a solidify kind of where you are in the national spotlight game. I think that win over Utah, same kind of thing of you go out, you win that game. It shows that this program is for real. I think a lot of people were doubting what exactly they would look like in that game on that big of a stage um, because there have been some disappointing performances by Cristobal coach teams and just by Oregon in general. 
in some of those moments recently. Um, but they showed up and, and they played their best of the season when, it, you know, on the biggest stage, uh, when it was needed the most. And I think that game carries, that's a really important pivotal game just in terms of keeping the momentum flowing because you win that game, helps momentum in recruiting. It helps momentum in terms of you're now playing in the Rose Bowl, whereas you might have been playing probably in the Alamo Bowl. Yep. Um, it, keep, it helps momentum in terms of if you win the Rose Bowl now, you're going to be finished. You're going to finish in the top five, probably top four, somewhere like that. In the final rankings, you're going to enter next season ranked somewhere probably in the top 10 or 12. Um, I think it's a pivotal game in terms of keeping the program moving forward into the next decade where I think Oregon is going to have a lot more wins kind of like these that are pivotal games. And who, who knows, maybe they're going to start with one early uh, in September in 2020 when they host Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it. The, the, the significance of that win is just huge for the program long term. Um, all right, number three for me, uh, 2010 Civil War. It was against a Beaver team that was uh, five and six going into the year or going into the game. You know, obviously not the the toughest opponent that they've played, but the win secured Oregon spot in the BCS championship game and the the school's only undefeated regular season run uh, in, in Pac-12, Pac-10 history. And it's the last time any team in the Pac-12 has run through the the conference undefeated. Uh, that 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 feat still stands. The win also prevented Oregon State from getting to a bowl game. So. You know, you just peel back the layers of that football game and you find more and more, uh, little antidotes of that game. Kenyon Barner, uh, and Lamichael James were unreal. Lamichael James ran for 134 yards with two touchdowns. Barner ran for 133 yards and two touchdowns. Oregon's defense created four turnovers, held Oregon State to 319 yards. And look, like, how many memorable moments of Oregon football fandom come from that game? I mean, you have Jerry Allen crying on, on, on the call because Oregon had beaten Oregon State, went 12 and 0, and was going to play in the national championship for the first time in program history. Uh, you, you saw the players celebrate on the O and, and the emotions pour out through that. You saw Chip Kelly even get emotional, um, because of that team's win on the road, uh, going into a, a an opponent's home venue and you know all the duck fans that were there and the significance of that that was when i think oregon all of a sudden became this program that just wasn't the the cool kid on the on the block that you know in the biggest of big moments lost but they had arrived that's when the program was like hey we're more than just this really good pac-12 team we're a national power and we're we're going to play in the college football playoff which opened up so many avenues, excuse me, the, the BCS championship game, which opened right. up so many avenues for recruiting down the line. I mean, think of how many guys picked Oregon after that season that have just are big time players. Uh, you know, some of the best players in program history to, 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 to go through Oregon picked Oregon either the, that recruiting year or the, the preceding few three or four years after that. That's a, that's a really good one. And I kind of was flipping between that and the Tennessee game in terms of games of, with that kind of significance. Um, but you're right. That one's great. And other, I, I considered that game just in terms of other games that I considered for the top five. I also thought about last year's overtime win over Washington, um, was another one that I was pretty significant, pretty fun in terms of it went to overtime, the, the heroics by Verdell at the end. Um, but that, that is another really good one. I think our top two are probably going to be the same. I'll be curious if we're in the same order here. Um, 
My number two is the Rose Bowl win in 2012 over Wisconsin. It's the first Oregon Rose Bowl win since 1917. It was almost 100 years between Rose Bowl victories. Um, this was a game that had it all. Uh, you had the DeAnthony Thomas long touchdown run, which is probably still one of the more watched Oregon football highlights uh, of the last decade, certainly up there. Um, you had the heroics of Chip Kelly jumping up in the air uh, after Michael Clay and Kiko Alonso on that fumble recovery on the sideline. Um, you had the fact that they actually that they beat a team that was led by Russell Wilson, <laughs> who's yep. a pretty darn good player. Um, to me, that game very very significant uh, in terms of they got over the, they got off the Schneid in terms of winning a Rose Bowl. They did it against a very good football team, and they did it with help from players all over the field. They two and they ended up being uh, the Rose Bowl MVP as well. So um, to me, that's one that that you know you you can. I think one and two, you probably have a decent argument. But in terms of uh, the two of them, I think uh, twenty twelve is my second pick. But it's it's off, an awfully significant game and one that certainly is is should be just, you know considered among the best this decade. Yeah, you and me have the same number two. Um, 2012 Rose Bowl for me. Uh, it's the second best game of the decade. It's the first Rose Bowl win for the Ducks in the modern era of football. It cemented Chip Kelly and the Ducks as a national player for years to come. And kind of just, I think, getting the national championship the year before was huge. Following it up with a Rose Bowl and then winning the Rose Bowl was equally as important because – now you've said you're not a one-hit wonder, uh, even though you made the Rose Bowl just two years prior to that in 2010. Uh, and, and so I, I look at that game though, and you, you've won the Rose Bowl now, you've elevated your program, you're still getting better, you're still stacking wins on top of wins. Uh, it, a lot came from that game, uh, and will go down as, as one of the best games ever, uh, for Oregon football. And plus the way it ended, you know, with, with Oregon trailing, going into the fourth quarter, scoring that early touchdown, and then with like six minutes to go, Alejandro Maldonado made a 30-yard field goal to put the Ducks up seven. Uh, and then Wisconsin, you know, drove the length of the field in two plays with like a minute to play or less than that and got to the Oregon 25. And then, you know, they the third play of the drive was an incomplete pass. And the, the fact that, well, was there enough time left on the clock and, uh, what's, is Wisconsin gonna get another play? And then the refs kind of, you know, slow burn killed the game with a review and oh, the game's over, Oregon wins. But, you know, you had the fumble, which Oregon grabbed, Chip Kelly jumping up in the air, pointing to it. So many signature moments of that football game, uh, that, that I think that goes down as one of the best games ever, let alone just this decade. All right, number one here, I, I'm gonna guess we have the same pick. Um, I think. Another Rose Bowl win for the Ducks, their second this decade. I guess technically Oregon could have a third uh, in a couple of weeks here in Pasadena against Wisconsin. But Oregon over Florida State, uh, 59 to 20, an absolute butt kicking. Um, a game in which actually you go back and look at it, and I, I'd kind of forgotten how close it was in the second half. It was 25-20 Oregon, yeah. middle, middle of the third quarter, and then over the course of the final uh, seven and a half minutes of the third quarter, Oregon scores three touchdowns, two to Darren Carrington on long passes for Mariota, and then maybe the most memorable play of the decade for Oregon, Jameis Winston, the ball flops, flies out of his hand, Tony Washington picks it up, runs the other way for 58 yards, and the touchdown, and the route was kind of on from there. They're up 45 to 20 there. They add a couple more touchdowns 
on the ground in the fourth quarter. Mariota run one, runs one in. Thomas Heiner runs another one in. And they went 59-20. And it goes from a game where it was pretty close mid-third quarter to one of the most lopsided Rose Bowl games ever. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, just an absolute stud in that game. 26 for 36, 338 yards, two touchdowns passing, one interception. He ran for 62 yards, another touchdown. Thomas Tyner, some people might forget this, had an incredible Rose Bowl. Uh, 124 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Royce Freeman also ran in two touchdowns. Uh, Taron Carrington, seven catches, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, it was a tremendous victory for Oregon. It was also the first loss in several seasons for Jameis Winston and Florida State, um, who had been, who were the defending national champions. It was a big, big, big win. It was a game I think a lot of people were skeptical if Oregon would be able to win, and it set them up for a second national championship appearance of the decade. Yeah, I picked the same one. 2015 Rose Bowl. Nothing in my mind will top that game. Um, that was old school versus new school. Uh, I remember covering that game in the press box, and the Florida State media members that were covering the team were all up in arms about how Oregon's tempo and they were using it and how it wasn't real football. And, you know, if, if they just line up and play man to man and, and, and have 30 seconds, you know, break between games, uh, Florida State would win. And, you know, I, I remember Jameis Winston after that game in which it was close up until the third, you know, midway through the third quarter. And then Oregon just kind of opened the floodgates. And afterwards, Winston said, oh, game could have gone either way. Could have been either team's <laughs> game. And, you know, it was just kind of like, what were you watching? And, you know, Oregon's biggest stars played at their highest level on the biggest stage. Mariota was, th- you know, threw for 338 yards, two touchdowns, ran for 62 on another score. Thomas Tyner had maybe his best game as a duck ever. 124 yards and two scores. Freeman scored twice. Darren Carrington caught seven passes for 164 yards. Uh, Dargan had that fumble recovery. Uh, Tony Washington had the scoop and score on Jameis Winston, one of the most memorable memes out there. Um, that win carries just so much weight because while Wisconsin was, is a program that's highly respected, they're not in the same tier as Florida State. And that Florida State team, I think, hadn't lost a football game for two full regular seasons. They were the defending national champions. They were the number two team in the country coming into that game. And quite honestly, Oregon was just flat out better in almost every aspect of that football game. Um, and Oregon walked out of that knowing they were playing for the college football playoff championship game. Uh, everything was set up and, and honestly, it was kind of like if injuries, you, you also forget, you know, Devin Allen got hurt the first play of that football game. Um, you know, there were, there were some other injuries that happened, you know, prior Ifo Ekbre Olumu getting hurt, Darren Carrington getting suspended after that game. Uh, that's an ultimate what if, if Oregon was healthy, do they go into the championship game and beat Ohio State? But I think that 2015 Rose Bowl is the top one. And honestly, like, might be the best team uh, in, in Oregon football history. It's certainly the best season in Oregon football history. They played for a championship. They won a Rose Bowl. They won a Pac-12 championship. And Marcus Mariota won the Heisman along with five or six other national awards. Right. Um, 2014 season will be very, very difficult to top. And if it does happen in the 2020s, that would mean Oregon more than likely wins the national championship, which – I don't know. It that could be, you know, the more and more that Oregon plays at this level under Cristobal and the way they're recruiting, um, it it wouldn't shock me at all if we look up and we're doing the same exercise, you know, in Dece- December of 2029, and we're talking about 
a national championship win here, a national championship appearance there. Um, the, the program seems heading into the next decade to be kind of picking off, picking up with where uh, the program was back in 2014. It just feels like that's the direction that it's headed right now. That's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Thanks for listening. For Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Prane, we'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos.